It's the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher, your guide for fishing and hunting in the great Northwest. Now, here's your guide, Lance Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you've had a wonderful week on this Super Bowl weekend. We get to uh, hopefully... Do a little bit relaxing, at least on Sunday. You know, I know a lot of you working on Saturdays, but uh, yeah, I think we always look forward to the Super Bowl and an opportunity to hang out. I don't know, maybe even I know there's some of you and I, I used to do it quite a bit, but that is on Super Bowl Sunday, I'd make sure that I actually went fishing uh, beforehand. And I used to do that prior to being married and having kids and, uh, loads of responsibilities that way. I used to, on just about every event, make it also about fishing and why not? Right. I mean, Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl is even better having caught a few steelhead. I mean, it just, I think, I think at that point you've moved into a realm of perfection I wouldn't say in life but in a day where you have mastered a day you've gotten up early you know 4 four thirty. Um, you've had a couple cups of coffee you've rolled down to the river and you've hooked a few steelhead had the time of your life dabbed on the way out and drove home to watch some Super Bowl of course, there's lots of plates of hors d'oeuvres when you arrive, uh, a couple cold beverages of your choice, and uh, a few friends to basically banter with and belittle as you watch the greatest game in the world. And uh, I, I, I think you have, at that point, hit um, day perfection, and um, I, I, I think it's absolutely fabulous um, to live like that. And I know some of you are this, this weekend, you're, you're making a point of it. You're making it a special day. And, uh, I don't know. Hey man, I'm going to make it a special day by, Oh, maybe sleeping in past. Oh, I don't know. Five in the morning. That'd be great. You know, if I could see seven o'clock and, uh, you know, hang out with my wife and kids, uh, go over to church and hang out with my friends there and, uh, my church family there, which I love and enjoy. And, uh, then come home and like do some calisthenics, maybe some, uh, I don't know, trunk twisters, maybe some knee benders and, uh, touch my toes a few times. And I might even, I don't know, strap on the old helmet and, uh, watch some football because, uh, it's just a wonderful day. And I really don't even care who wins. I, I just don't. I mean, I couldn't care less actually. Um, I just like watching it and enjoying the spectacle that is the Super Bowl and the greatest game there is 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 yeah and if it's anything like the like a couple of the Super Bowls we've had in the last few years man it's just been fun and uh, I think we're due for a blowout though I mean we're due for one of those oh it's 45 to 6 oh boy geez 
well, wonder who's the next, who's got the next commercial, you know, but, uh, um, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm stoked. And, uh, hopefully you are too, as, uh, we've got lots of reasons as we get into February, we're really kind of kicking things off as far as the year goes, as far as I'm concerned, if I were to look at the fishing calendar to me, it's February through November and that's it it's february through november and i know some of you hardcore guys are going no it's december and january too and that's cool you know you can have your december january but really as far as i'm concerned you know you've got you've got real fishing going on december through november you've got some big boys around i heard of a few of this past week as the high water dropped into shape and yeah, I, I I got sent a picture by my buddy Luke. I mean, this thing was this thing was an absolute frigate, just a beautiful steelhead. And there's some numbers starting to show up. So, um, you know, it is the time, and and why not? It's show season, and that kind of I don't know. I I just the show season always coincides with steelhead actually being in the area. So. It's just that time of year, and we've actually got some water uh, to go out and enjoy and find some fish. So I think it's I, th- I think it's like a perfect ten of a weekend. Really, it is. Now I say that having not looked at the weather. I got to look at the weather, and I'll and I'm going to do that. You know I am. But uh, um, Wilson River level just below six, which is yeah. I mean, hey, I think it's decent. You know, I I mean, on weekends, eh, I mean, if I'm splitting hairs, I could use a couple more tenths, but, you know, whatever. It's cool. We don't need them. But, uh, yeah, we're looking at we're looking at a very decent weekend and a little bit of rain, a little bit of cover through the weekend. It's going to probably keep a few people off the off the uh, water on Sunday because people just decide they don't want to deal with it. Tenth to a quarter today and a tenth to a quarter tomorrow so nothing that's gonna nothing that should uh blow you out unless there's of course something that happens up the river mudslide or you know i don't know it just accidentally you know drops six inches in the top of the coast range or something like that but really i think uh i think we're in good shape for whatever your plan is this weekend as we've got river conditions We've got some fish around, and I I think that's I think that's pretty good. And I, I it is February. We can can we talk about springers? I think we're going to talk about springers today. I, I really do because I'm starting to get um, gear ready and getting situated for yeah a another year of springers. I know I'm just getting going on steelhead. I'll just, I'll be honest with you. So. I'm just starting on steelhead, but while I'm getting going on steelhead, you're getting ready for a little bit of spring Chinook fishing as it's just, it's just kind of that way. I don't know why it's just kind of this clock that I've got that goes off inside of me that says now's the time. And I don't even really think about it. I don't even look at the calendar. I don't have it anywhere. I just start doing it. It's just kind of this automatic thing. And as I get a few minutes here and there, I'm dinking around with my gear and dinking around with this and dinking around with that and just kind of getting ready. I mean, not that not that we're anywhere close to springer season yet, but I've had some pretty good days in March. And historically, I have whacked them in March. 
and uh, not every day, but I don't know. I've had I had a seven fish day in March for Springers, and I've had a number of days in you know fives and sixes. That's that's pretty decent Springer fishing in March, and there's those opportunities in March. Of course, if you're you know if you want to go out, and I do. I like going out and. This year, if we don't get a little bit more snowpack, I think it's going to be actually pretty decent fishing in March. And I think that's a real possibility at this point. In fact, we'll check in on that a little later. So we'll talk a little springers. Uh, We'll check in on some snowpack. And why? Because kind of matters is uh, we get to kind of keep an eye on that and project how things are going to shake out here for the coming year is, uh, yeah, you can kind of, you can kind of tell how long that Springer season is going to last, at least the goodbye to the Springer season. Uh, you can tell how long it's going to last just by how much snowpack you get. And, you know, certainly you could have a wet spring, but it's it's very rare that you get the type of rains that are going to really sustain you during the spring. If you've got headwater and rain, then you're on to something. You've, you've got something right there. I mean, last year we had headwater in rain and it really takes that to really sustain that season into june that's what we got last year but again that's a once you know the time before that that we had it was eight years previously and i i don't think we're anywhere remotely close to hitting the mark on (laughs) on the snowpack i mean unless something freaky happens there's no way man i mean we're gonna we're gonna have a fraction of what we had last year and you know, so be it, man. I mean, it's just part of the deal. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fish around here long enough, you're gonna see all the all the various conditions, and you're gonna probably see them multiple times in your life. So you just kind of get used to it, and you just go fishing, and you just know they might be in different areas than they were last year. When we come back, uh, yeah, I don't know where we're going. We're gonna go someplace. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. Just keep trolling along. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Back to the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher. Okay, thanks for tuning in and uh, hope you're having a wonderful morning here in the Pacific Northwest. And I appreciate you all tuning in from uh, Bend down to the coast and Eugene and Portland, Vancouver, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your continued support over the years. And uh, I'm sitting here looking at fish counts. And I just, it, I had to look. I had to look. So fish counts on the Willamette. Um, you know, there's actually some years that we have some steelhead over Willamette Falls and uh, by the by this time and this year we've got it appears to be about 241 so it, there's going to come a point where they're going to start getting concerned about the fur bags that are sitting up at Willamette Falls uh, already because they're not going to have enough to eat and they're going to they're going to be living on carp and crappie and of course sturgeon 
And that's what happens. So um, we've got all these resident fur bags that are swimming around at the falls now. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a problem. We've only got 241 steelhead over over the falls. And granted, uh, you know, that run tends to peak towards, um, you know, towards March and and such. But by April, we're seeing summer steelhead historically. Um, but, you know, it, <laughs> it, it just pains me to think about the fact that we've got from basically Oregon City down and all the rivers that drain into the Willamette River. And we've literally got a couple hundred steelhead over Oregon City Falls. This time of year, uh, 15 and 20 years ago, Right now, you could go up and, at least we could, we could go up and hook a half a dozen steelhead um, if, if we had favorable water conditions, you know, even more in a day and, uh, or not even in a day. I mean, in, you know, going out for five, six hours. And to think that that has left us in a very short amount of time is, you know, pretty amazing. And uh, it's pretty, pretty awful, actually. I mean, if you think about the impact that sea lions have had and a lack of hatchery fish has had on our wild populations, you're, it's, it's quite astonishing. And, uh, you know, some people would say, ah, well, what do you mean by, you know, lack of hatchery production? Well, you know, here. Here's the, here's the thing, um, you know, number one, some of them do spawn and help propagate and help seed under, mm, I guess, under seeded areas. And this isn't, this isn't Lance just, you know, pulling something out of his butt. There's actually been studies on it. Unfortunately, anything that would, you know, generally... I guess you'd say support hatchery fish is severely undermined and undercut and discredited um, for a variety of reasons because it doesn't fit the narrative of the wacko birds um, that think that hatchery fish under any circumstance are a bad thing. And so, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it just, it is the climate, but, um, you know, I guess when all you've got is a couple hundred steelhead swimming up the river and they've all got fins on them, then that's all that's going to get eaten. So hatchery fish provide buffers. So not only swimming up the river from the, you know, the buffers from the fur bags, but even when they head down through the gauntlet that is the Willamette River and the frog water that is with all the birds that we're protecting you know if if you don't really have any hatchery production around any smolt around those wild stocks then obviously the only thing for those birds to tune in on are of course fish with fins so we've got a broken ecosystem and it's been like that for a long time and and nobody's here i i don't believe anybody's here to debate that that the ecosystem's broken that we have you know, dams covering spawning habitat, in many cases, 
you know, for some runs, 90% of the spawning habitat is gone. And hatchery fish were a, a way to supplement, a way to say, hey, we want power and we want, you know, irrigation and flood control. And, you know, we've still got rivers and, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, here's some hatchery fish to kind of supplement, to augment. And, uh, of course, the goony wacko birds have, have taken that and, you know, turned it into, oh, it's the hatchery fish that are somehow killing the wild fish or something like that. And, you know, so be it. All on, all on a study um, that happened you know, what, 25 years ago and in one basin and, um, you know, where there's information that was never really talked about and was actually dismissed. It's, it's interesting information that was dismissed, but the original fish, the original broodstock fish, um, on the hood river were actually, uh, raised and, fed and all the above on the white river over on the Deschutes and then brought over and those fish and their offspring were used as the oh I guess you'd say the benchmark against by which they measured returns um, you know against the wild counterparts and, you know, they're learning more about geo, well, I guess you'd say the geo sensors that fish have. And, you know, quite an interesting study. In fact, uh, uh, the, the less sophisticated terminology kind of refers it to stray rates. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it, it, one of these days it's all going to come out and they're going to say, I'm sorry. But uh, for the time being, we get to watch 240 steelhead go over willamette falls and uh i guess i don't know one of these days we'll, we might hit 300 and who knows they might call it a success we'll be back with more of the northwest outdoor show right after this stay tuned for more with lance on the northwest outdoor show Let's lock and load with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. You know, the Boat Insurance Agency is a place that uh, if you're a boat owner, you should probably be getting a hold of them. You know, they do one thing and they just do boats. And that means that uh, if you're needing your house insured or your health insurance or anything like that, they're probably not going to be able to help you. But if you've got a jet boat, if you've got a sled, if you've got a cruiser, if you've got something that you're chasing tuna with, they probably know what it is, and they probably know exactly what you need for your boat to be covered the way you want it to be. You can find them at BoatInsurance.net. That's BoatInsurance.net for your boat insurance needs. And uh, what are we doing? We've talked about the weather, and we've talked about steelhead, and we've got uh, actually <laughs> we've got a couple springers um, actually that have gone over. Bonneville Dam at this point, and uh, I hadn't been paying much attention to it, really hadn't, until my I got my wild steelhead hankering and wanted to go look at uh, Willamette Falls and discovered there had been 241, and of course, it's nobody's fault, 
it's just it's just you know it's just kind of the it's kind of the situation we've got right here lance and uh you know we're we're really working hard you know we've got a task force that's uh that's really looking into this thing and the in the viability of the river and and how we want to see the river in the next uh you know 40 years and uh you know the the ODFW is there and the core and you know we're you know we're all slapping each other on the back and trying to you know really get to the bottom of you know what the hell is going on on the doggone Willamette River and it's like you know this whole discussion of what's going on with the Willamette River and specifically we're talking about steelhead right now has been going on for about what seven eight years and um that's the thing with a lot of people is that they want to discuss things and i work with people like that and those type of people cost people a lot of money because they want to pontificate and discuss and they have hard times making decisions they have a hard time being being a leader they have a hard time taking the available facts and boiling it down and picking an appropriate direction based on facts. And they're afraid. They're afraid for their careers. They're afraid to actually step out and take heat and to lead. And the ODFW is full of people like that. And I hate to say it because there's some nice people there. But nice doesn't make you a leader, unfortunately. Um, and quite frankly, I don't know that being a leader gets you anywhere in the ODFW. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, all right? Let's be honest. You know, if you're a leader, what does that look like at the ODFW? And I don't know that it ends well. So maybe that's the thing, you know, is that we're, we've got people at the ODFW that, you know, are, have a difficult time communicating, um, having opinions, um, and ultimately they hide behind the fact that, you know, they're directed by a commission and they are, um, you know, directed by a governor. And, you know, those are, those are true things, but it's interesting when, you know, there, there's been plenty of these people in the ODFW that have been against hatchery fish, plenty of them. And they've been real loud. They've used lots of money and resources to basically work against hatchery fish. And so there are people that go that direction. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to envision recovery when you've got an agency that's literally never recovered anything. I mean, we've got some instances of lots of money being spent, but in terms of abundance, I don't know that the agency's really done anything in the last 15 years. I mean, I'll wait for an instance. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, diff- I, I'm, I'm thinking of where we might be able to, I don't know, point 
And most of the victories have nothing to do with them. If you look at Columbia River Falls Chinook, if you look at Summer Chinook, I don't know, if you look at the volunteer programs that are driving the native broodstock programs. Hmm. But, you know, they have wiped out the summer steelhead fishery. They, on the Clackamas, they have wiped out pretty much, you know, about half of the springers that used to be on the Willamette. And uh, I don't know. There's, There's plenty more instances where... They're, they, you know, they haven't helped. So anyway, yeah, hey, here's the good news for the ODFW. The good news is, is that if somebody wanted to come in there and shake things up and I guess you'd say take a more populist tact with the fishing community, I mean, you could look really good. I mean, you, you could look really good. And you get a ton of support. And, you know, it's just interesting that a lot of these guys, I mean, that, that have these opportunities, they just have a hard time making a business case. And there's a huge business case for having lots of fish in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, look at Washington now. I mean, what a disaster. I mean, Oregon actually, Oregon actually looks amazing compared to Washington. I mean, Washington is an absolute biological desert at this point. But, you know, hey, Inslee's got it going. Those people in Olympia, man, they're, they're rocking it. I mean, you know, it's just it's native fish. And, oh, my gosh, we don't have any fish left. We don't have any fish coming back, right? Yeah, I know. Pretty simple. It's, not, it's, it's definitely not difficult. So, you know, what do you do, right? You know, you go to the places that have got the fish and the places that have got the fish, they reap the benefits and they get lots of people coming to their towns and hanging out and having a good time and their hotels are full and their restaurants are full and there's lots of buzz and people making money and, and supporting an economy and, oh, by the way, the wild fish are doing great. Where, where am I talking about? Where am I talking about? And we're talking about Tillamook, a place where somehow the ODFW has allowed the community to have its fisheries prosper and worked hand in hand. Somehow. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why the district in Tillamook, uh, the ODFW staff in Tillamook works with the community And then you go to the south and you've got district bios down there that just suck. I mean, it's just, I mean, worthless, worthless. It's interesting. It really is. It's um, fascinating, but, you know, my hat's off. I mean, if we're going to give some credit, you know, let's give it where it's due. And, you know, I'm appreciative of what the ODFW down in Tillamook has done. And I don't know what the disconnect is with the rest of the state, but you know, they've got good native broodstock programs down there. They've got lots of fish returning. It's interesting. The gear fishermen are there, but so are the fly fishermen, (laughs) you know, enjoying it. I just encourage you fly fishermen 
not to let people like Wild Steelhead United get into your head and lie to you and make it to where you get to go out for a week and two weeks at a time and not hook any fish. Because that's what Wild Steelhead United talked the folks in up on the Olympic Peninsula. I mean, that's what those guys got talked into up there. It's all about Wild Steelhead, and you've got guys like Bill Herzog and Shangle and these yo-yos basically, you know, supporting a lot of that stuff. And it's ignorant. It's ignorant. And I know it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking, you know, thinking about the plight of the Wild Steelhead. Makes me want to, makes me want to cry. But here's the thing. Hatchery fish, as we've discovered, simply aren't the problem. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show right after this. Just keep trolling along. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show. It's the final cast with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. All right, guys, final final segment. If you're uh, looking to head out and do some fishing, LanceFisherFishing.com. That's LanceFisherFishing.com. And uh, we've got a whole host of amazing guides to help you out. And uh, different guides, different rivers from Seattle all the way down to the Central Coast. So if you're looking to head out, you might as well go with the guys that that know and we do know and my guides that are at the various locations they're awesome they're great in fact uh when i interview guides my ratio of guys that i work with is about i interview about 20 to get one okay so they're good quality guys and do a great job they're kind they're polite and uh yeah they happen to be pretty darn good fishermen too and uh, I was actually hanging out with one of them the other day. It was kind of fun. I, I get to go out and bring my customers and sit in a boat and get rowed around. It's, it doesn't suck, man. I'm telling you. I, I love going with guides. I say it all the time, but uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, it's, I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. And granted, I, get, I sit there and tinker around with my stuff, which is, which is uh which is fun but i got somebody rowing the boat and you know it's just fabulous so anyway i'd encourage you to take advantage of the opportunities that we've got and we've got lots of them as we uh are into a little bit of a rain pattern has kind of emerged here over the course of the last week or two 10 days or so and we've had some decent bumps in water height uh last one was here this last monday and we'd barely gotten two days of fishing in, a little bit on Sunday, a little bit on Monday, and then we jumped up to seven and a half feet again down on the Wilson and, um, you know, basically got back on the water here. Oh, there were some opportunities late Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, uh, there were some decent opportunities too, a little bump yesterday in water conditions, but we've got a, uh, we've got a gradual trajectory downward and i'd say actually by the time we hit uh, the beginning of the week we're going to be of course wanting more water again and uh, that's just kind of how it goes and as of right now i'm not really seeing a whole lot of opportunity in terms of um, new precipitation that's going to do us much good anyway slight chance of rain 
Monday and Tuesday, but we get into that patchy fog thing all the way through the foreseeable future into next weekend. And patchy fog means no rain. It's just it's just not happening. And towards the end of the week, we're looking at, uh, you know, where we're getting some sun and sun breaks and clearing, clearing rivers, and that's never the combination that you want. So if I were to set your schedule for you for the coming week, I'd say get out there this weekend, you know, and, and make the perfect day. Uh, you know, if you're listening right now, maybe you're on your way, but likely you're not fishing today. But, uh, you know, you could have the perfect day tomorrow, and that is a little steelhead fishing in the morning, uh, trek home, and then a little nap, and then the Super Bowl. And I think that's an absolutely fabulous, fabulous uh, day and one for the memory books. And I've, I've done plenty, uh, plenty, of, plenty of times have I done that same schedule and enjoyed it immensely. And uh, I, I'd still do it today. It's just, you know, I mean, there's just this window that passes you by as you get older I guess you'd say you've got children and lots of things going on and you know in our in my case you know I like hanging around my family and we've got a window here to do that and I've got little daughters and you know I could drag them out on the river but that's probably not their cup of tea when it's you know 47 degrees out 45 degrees out so they're a little bit more fair weather which is fine I've never forced them to go out and you know, pretend like they're having fun and being cold and stuff like that. They love, they love salmon fishing and doing all that. And, but, uh, you know, the guys that are really winning this weekend are the guys that are, that have got some fishing planned and are taking advantage of all the people that think it's too much and don't necessarily want to go. And I'm telling you, tomorrow might be one of the best days of the winter to be fishing in terms of weekends, because there's going to be a lot of people that are not on the river tomorrow just simply because of the game. Now, I I don't think that that gets you a free pass on the river and, you know, nobody there, but there's likely going to be a lot fewer. uh, There's going to be far fewer people uh, there tomorrow than there would be on a typical Sunday. And it's, it's been, it's been crowded. There's been lots of, lots of people wanting to get out there. So Super Bowl Super Bowl weekend, you know what? I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful time with friends, with family, just hanging out with your own immediate family and, uh, make sure as we get here into February, that you're taking advantage of some of the great fishing that we've that we've got that's that's coming around these parts. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. In the mind, meantime, keep those lines tight. We'll see you on the water.